Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I, I do have to say this. I was thinking about it earlier when I was reading this over. The Holy Spirit coming upon our life doesn't make us perfect. Doesn't make us perfect. And all you got to do is read your Bible and see men and people whose God's Spirit was upon. And we'll see that they were still flawed people. They weren't perfect, um, but they were empowered. And so I just want to say that, you know, I don't want somebody that's just, you know, maybe, maybe you may be looking at your imperfections right now. Say, I couldn't be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, just know that it doesn't make you perfect. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that just because we've accepted Christ and been given the Holy Spirit, that doesn't make us perfect. Even with the Lord in our lives, we still make mistakes. We still say things we regret, do something we know we shouldn't, or disregard what we know to be right. But what we do have in the Lord is forgiveness. No matter what, if we confess and repent of our sins, the Lord promises to wipe away our sin. So the next time that you mess up, remember this truth. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 11 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So you got two guys that weren't with the big group. Uh, they had stayed back. And when the Holy Spirit fell upon the 70, these two that were, they were numbered. They had been counted in. They just weren't there at the moment. The Holy Spirit fell upon them where they were. And so they start prophesying where they were. And so it happens that a young man, verse 27, and a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And this is what happens a lot of times in groups, right? There's a we're over here prophesying and doing great things and we're excited about what God's doing in us. But we hear that there's two other guys. They're, they're doing it now. Did you hear about them over in the camp prophesying? Did you say that was okay? Does that, did anybody remember any verse that reminds you of that? Like I, 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 when I read that here, it, it made me think of the Gospels. When the, 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 it was with James and John, and they said they, they, they're over there doing it and, and they, should we call down fire and smoke them for they're not with us, you know, and Jesus said, man, we didn't come to do that. If they're not against us, what? You can't, they're with us, man. We're not, we, they don't, they're not, we're not, we're not here to, you know, have, you know, everybody have to do it our way or be with our group. And so sometimes that happens in Christianity where we feel like, well, we're doing this and don't recognize that there's this, if you're a genuine Christian, you recognize this. That the work of God is bigger than any one little assembly. And he's working all over the place in different ways. So we may have our way of doing something here. And I can't be mad at the fact that God's doing it a different way over there. Now, we're not talking about cults and false teachers. Just in the side of the realm of genuine Christendom, they're just people that do some little things different. We all going to heaven together. So it's a healthy space for believers to be in a place where we recognize how big the church of Jesus Christ is and how many different kinds of people are in it. You don't ever want to be the kind of believer that's got small sight. We're, we're, this is our group over here. That's typically that's what cults do. Cults are typically the groups that are like, it's just us. And if you're not part of us, then you're probably not part of it anyway. Um, so you want to you want to fight off any of that that that's not how God works but here and, and I thought it was interesting it says a young man uh, ran and told Moses um, somebody saw 
that somebody else was prophesying and and it, I mean he ran to go tell and I thought that was interesting because I, I I look at many times the the energy that people will put forth into bringing division and issues in the body I mean he he ran he said this has to be dealt with right now now even Joshua gets caught up in it verse twenty eight. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Even Joshua. Joshua is Moses' assistant. You know, we know Joshua is going to be the guy to take over after Moses. He's a good guy. But he says, yeah, but man, Moses, tell them to stop it. Tell them they can't prophesy. Only we can. Only this group over here, not them. And Moses, being a spiritual leader, uh, having wisdom, said this, verse 29, Moses said to him, are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Moses, I wish God put his spirit on everybody. I wish everybody was. I, I wish I wish everybody had this. You know why? Because Moses, my problems would be over. <laughs> if you put God's spirit upon all those people complaining, there wouldn't be no more complaining. Can you complain while you feel with the Holy Spirit? I don't know, we, we, we took off my delay, but just, just imagine all those people that are complaining, baptized in the Holy Spirit, yielded to the Lord. It would be easier. It'd be, I mean, that would be a wonderful place to be. And so we don't want to, you know, section off or confine the work of God. We really want to see it spread. We want to see it move out. And to that question, right, because Moses got caught up a little bit, too, and complaining. And we know that the spirit was with him, but he complained to the Lord. So I, I do have to say this. I was thinking about it earlier when I was reading this over. The Holy Spirit coming upon our life doesn't make us perfect. Doesn't make us perfect. And all you got to do is read your Bible and see men and people whose God's spirit was upon. And we'll see that they were still flawed people. They weren't perfect, uh, but they were empowered. And so I just want to say that, you know, I don't want somebody that's just, you know, maybe maybe you may be looking at your imperfections right now. Say, I couldn't be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, just know that it doesn't make you perfect. Just in fairness, I have to say that because I'm looking at people that God said had it, but they weren't perfect either. You know, but but they were different. So moving on, it said now uh, verse 29 again, Moses said, are you zealous for me um, or for or, or for my sake? And he said, man, I wish everybody was doing this. Verse 30. Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. Now a wind went out from the Lord and brought quail from the sea and left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey on this side and about a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp and about two cubits above the, the surface of the ground. So this is a, a, a miraculous thing that God does. Now we switch gears from the Holy Spirit coming upon them and them speaking to where God's. I got this other issue to deal with. Moses, you needed some ready servants. Boom, you got that. 70 people baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're ready. But you had this mass of people complaining for meat. I got to take care of that. They're not going to be complaining for meat again. I, I meant to say this earlier. But let me say it now. And then we'll, we'll talk about this. Israel asked for meat that they did not need. And they didn't need it. They didn't need meat, but they asked for it. That's what they, they, they spent their request to God asking for what they didn't need. And God's going to give it to them. But this is interesting to me that God gives them leadership, which they desperately needed, but they weren't asking for. They needed leadership. They needed 70 people baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they weren't asking for that. They weren't asking for people to govern and oversee and lead spiritually. They were saying, God, give us meat. We want meat. And God said, OK, well, you're asking for the wrong things. And I just want to point out how gracious 
and merciful God is to give them what they needed that they weren't asking for. And now I'm going to give you what you asked for so you won't ask for it again. So again, I say that to us that we would be, we would be challenged in our prayer life, challenged about what you're asking God for. If, if, are you, are you, some people pray and it's like, I'm going to pressure God into giving me something. And, and if God says no, should you ask again? No. Now, if you haven't heard back from the Lord, you may continue. He says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. But if you ask and God says, son, no, not doing it. It's not, that's not my will for you. Then you don't come back and say, Lord, please, could you? Could you make it work out? Um, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to approach God that way. So we want to be cautious in our, in our prayer life that we, we approach God. Um, and give him liberty to speak and direct and guide. And if he says no, then we say, okay, then that no was the best thing for me. God's got my best interest in mind always. Always he has what's best for me in mind. So moving on. So God sends a, a wind and quail. And now this is what it's saying. It's two cubits. So it's cubit usually from about the tip of the middle finger to the elbow. So two of those from the ground, that high of quail down there. And it says one day's walk this way, and one day's walk that way. So either way you went, one day's walk, quail that high everywhere. And so God brought a wind. This is supernatural. I, I, mean, I, read, I read a lot of books. I read the commentaries. And I, I think that even some people in their educated state, they want to educate out the supernatural. So they said, well, it's been said that, you know, the quail can blow in sometimes and enough of them can fall on a ship to sink a ship. And they come up with all these different things where, you know, there's certain times of year, maybe the quail is, man, look, shut up all that God supernaturally it says he sent a wind and a gang of quail God could do that God could God could create them in the air and send them by the millions and drop them off like they asked for that's how I'm believing so uh, I'm, I'm really not one for all the 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 trying to explain and give you know uh natural reasons to how it could have maybe happened you know how it happened God said he blew in and he sent the quail and they came when he said to do it. So that, that's what I believe. That's what I'm sharing with y'all. So the quail are there uh, again, one day's walk in either direction, two cubits high from the ground. Verse 32. And the people stayed up all <laughs> sorry. They stayed up all that day, all night and all the next day gathering the quail. He who gathered least gathered 10 omers and they spread them out for themselves around the camp. So <laughs> let me break this down. So an omer, first of all, because we don't really, that's not a measuring term that we use. An omer is either 10 bushels or 59 gallons. So it says the people that gathered the least had gathered 10 omers. So 59 gallons times 10, if you want to do it that way, or 10 bushels times 10. Uh, John Corson, one of the guys I read on this, uh, I like how he put it. He said, the one that gathered least, he said, you know the buckets of chicken from KFC? 200 of those. So count up 200 of those. So the, the, the people that gathered the least had 200 of uh, KFC bucket size. That that that's how much that, that those people had. That's just a, that's a, uh, a that's a, the rough estimate of the numbers or whatever. But you understand that that's this is the people that gathered the least. So the the laziest family there that went out and gathered two hundred buckets of KFC chicken worth of quail is what they got. 
So imagine that greedy family <laughs> that was like sent the kids 10 times. I mean, they had a gang of quail. That's the bottom line. God sent them quail. And he told them they were going to have quail for you. Not one day, not two days, not 10 days, not 20 days, a whole month. I'm going to give you quail till it's coming out of your nostrils, he said. And so it says they had 10 omers and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. Verse 33, but... And that but is so significant. Whenever you see the word but, it's just everything's changing. So they were getting, they were getting meat. Everything's going great. Everybody's out there collecting. It's like a, it's a big old party. If you could just imagine all these people like, we wanted meat. And now look at this, there's still quail everywhere. They're gathering as much as they can. I, I would imagine that there's a euphoria. There's a happiness. To, we're going to have meat. Yes, we finally got what we wanted. We bent God's arm. Yay, we got it. They got meat. It says this. But while the meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people and the Lord struck the people with a very great I got to tell you how this is this is it it's actually it's it's, it's I don't want to say cruel because God did it but in a sense it is imagine that you were just desiring something so bad that God didn't have for you and then God said, here, as much as you can see, you got tons of it now. And you finally got the quail and you plucked them and you fried them or cooked them or baked them or whatever you did, barbecued them. And you finally got everybody sitting down with their meat and they got their quail and they put it in their mouth. And before you get to consume it, before you get the, before you get a, the benefit of protein, before you get to really taste it and take it all down and the palate gets to enjoy while the meat is in your teeth. That's... That's as far back as you can get before you really can enjoy anything. It's not back on the back of the palate yet. You haven't, you haven't sucked down the saute of the meat yet. It's, it's in your teeth. God says, right there, before you can even enjoy it, he sent that plague. Why did he do it like that, right? He didn't send the quail for them to enjoy. It wasn't, it wasn't, his intention was not, I'm not going to give you what I don't have for you. For you. I'm giving it to you. So you'll learn a lesson. This is a punishment. I'm giving you what you asked for as a punishment. And so I read this and I know that God is the same yesterday, then forever. I realize that if I bug God too tough about something I'm not supposed to have, God might just say, I'm going to let you have it as a punishment. You want that so bad. You won't just take my no. You won't just follow my lead. You won't just listen to what I'm telling you to do. So the only way you're going to learn is you get go, go ahead and have that. Go ahead and have that relationship until you throwing up, until you sick of it. Have it. Go ahead and have that, that substance until you're sick of it, until you're through with it. Go ahead and have whatever that is. You want that, that job, that success, that you're going to go after that. You're going to, even though I told you don't go after you going you go get that until you're sick of it. Sometimes God will say, you're going to have what you want without me until you are sick of it. And we're all different and it can happen in a lot of different ways. How do we avoid this? Listening to the Lord. They didn't have to be here. They could have said, Lord, thank you for the manna supernaturally from heaven every single day. You are so faithful. They could have worshiped him as he deserved and everything was good. Everything would have been good. But they said, I mean, the day they complained, manna had fell down to feed him. You guys God had supernaturally provided for their needs and they complained anyway. So you want to be careful. And I need to be careful about complaining against the Lord. When he's in the face of my knees being met. And then complaining is easy. Sometimes we do it without thinking. Complaining about this, complaining about that. I wish I had that. I don't know if I didn't mean whatever. You know, just, just complaining. We want to be careful. 
And that's why believers are told that we need to be giving thanks in everything all the time. Because you can't complain and give thanks. You can't praise and complain at the same time. And when we're walking in the spirit and seeing things in the right way, we'll praise, not complain. Uh, complaining is something we do, I think, when we get our eyes off the Lord and our eyes on the things and whatnot. We can pray. We can ask God. We can share challenges with the Lord. Um, that's biblical. That's not complaining, though. When the believers have been beat for their faith in Acts 4 and they say, God, they beat us for our faith. They did this. They did that. But we actually we're praying. We're not complaining about what happened. We're saying give us boldness to keep going. And God liked it. And he shook the place, a little earthquake, filled them with the Holy Spirit again. They all went out of there speaking the word with boldness. He gave them courage in the face of adversity to keep it moving. And so you can still cry out. It's not complaining to tell God what's going on and ask him to help you with it. That's not complaining. Complaining is when it's like, mm, you're having a pity party. Man, not there. I don't know why this happening to me. Me, me, me. That's complaining. And God don't like that. So you want to be, if you, if you find that you're prone to complaining, you don't want to do that. That's not that. We want to learn from what we read that God doesn't like when we complain. It's against him. Second thing you want to learn is this. If you persist and insist on your way, even when God's not in it, God might just let you have it till it makes you sick. That should scare you. That should scare you. I actually know people that this is the case in their life. They they wanted, they went, they pursued, they insisted, they persisted, and they finally got it. And now they're miserable, but they got it. But they're miserable. And so um, we don't want to persist trying to grasp for and have something God doesn't have for us. Amen? Last section here. So that while the meat was even in their teeth, it said the wrath of the Lord uh, was aroused against the people and the Lord struck the people with a great plague. So he called the name of the place Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people who had yielded to craving. And that, that phrase Kibroth Hatava literally means graves of craving, graves of craving. They, 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 they <laughs> these are graves that be, these people gave over to intense cravings and they, they, it brought them to their graves. Graves of craving. Craving, I'm sorry, they named the place. From Kibroth Hatava, the people moved to Hazaroth and camped in Hazaroth. Let me give you two sections of Psalms that comment, that comment on this. And I'm going to read them to you real quick. Psalm uh, 78, and I'm going to read verses 27 to 31. You can just write down in your notes um, and we're almost done. Psalm 78, starting at verse 27, it says this. He also rained meat on them like the dust, feathered fowl like the sand of the seas. And he let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwellings. So they ate and were well filled for he gave them he, he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of their craving, but while the food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came against them and slew the stoutest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. And the last one is Psalm 106, 13 through 15. Psalm 106 verses 13 through 15 says this. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. But they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request. But listen to this. But sent leanness to their souls. That just, you sit with that for a minute. God, I'm going to give you what you want. 
but you're going to have a leanness of soul. You're going to be empty. And we don't want to be people that have what we want and are empty. We want to be people that are filled up with God. I'd rather have nothing but be filled, filled with God, have peace, have joy, be right with God. I'd rather have that than to have some stuff or some things that I wanted really bad. And God said, you can have all that stuff, but you're not going to have me and that. You're going to have leanness of soul. And so they had what they wanted, but they had leanness of soul. Two things, I believe, we take from this. One, as we looked at the Holy Spirit coming upon this group of leaders, I believe that every believer, especially because it's free for the asking, every Christian should be seeking God for the fullness of his spirit. God, I want everything that you have. I want every gift of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, I encourage you. We did a whole series walking through each one of the spiritual gifts. Every believer should take time reading 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, letting God speak to you about what he's given you. And I'd say just give God room to show you, give space to exercise and see what you do have. But, but, that we would walk in that. God, I'm, I'm asking you to baptize me in the power of your Holy Spirit. I'm looking for what gifts you've given me. And I'm, ex- I'm looking for the fruit of the Holy Spirit overall in my life. That that would, that would characterize my life. That I would be a man or, or a woman, if you're a woman, that's walking in the fullness of the Spirit. My life begins to be characterized by those fruits. And not the, because f- just before the fruits of the Spirit, he gives a list of the works of the flesh. And if that list characterizes you, you need to be afraid. <laughs> you need to be. That's not the. That's not the outburst of wrath, envies, jealousies, rivalries, partying, drunkenness, and the like. If that characterizes you, that's you know you're a man or woman that's in the flesh, and you need to you need to be forgiven and cleansed and be filled. But then he gives the contrast of the the presence of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in our life, and we want that. We're going to be looking at Galatians Galatians five. So you can write that in your notes. Galatians five. 16 through uh, 23, sorry. So we want to be looking for the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Um, Second, as I look at this group here and I look at the access Moses had to the Lord and the fact that God was hearing them and they were in touch with the Lord and everybody didn't use that, that, that opportunity to be close to the Lord in the same way. The same way they complained, they could have praised. The same way they, 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 they you know, went after Moses and complained, they could have been asking God what to do. One thing I get out of this chapter is this. Um, though Moses doesn't always do it the right way, he's an example to us of a man that continued, kept going back to the Lord with his problems, with his overwhelmed, with his issues, and God came through for him. God said, I'm going to feed these people with quail. They won't complain anytime soon. I'm going to send you some leaders that are baptized in the Holy Spirit to help you out. God heard Moses when he prayed. Moses taking his questions to the Lord. God, how am I going to feed all these people? You're going to empty the sea? You're going to take all the livestock? How are you going to take care of this, that, and the other? And God said, I, I, I got this. Just, just, just keep watching. You, you, you just wait and see what I'm going to do. Right? Just, you just wait and see. But God did it. Right? God kept his word. And again, I read this and I see an imperfect man. And the fact that God loves him and speaks to him and listens to him amazes me. And so God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You and I can speak to the Lord and we can share our heart with the Lord and we can ask questions of the Lord. And God will speak to us, too. And God will reveal things to us, too. God will move on our behalf, too. So um, I encourage you 
that we would be people that pray, that you wouldn't pray limited prayers, that you wouldn't put limits on God in your prayers, and that you would not give God options. You give God an open door. God, these are the only two options I can see, but you see beyond what I can see. And so if there's something beyond these two options, I'm open to that too. Show me whatever you got. Um, so that, that our prayer life would be fruitful and it would be pleasing to the Lord. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Numbers, well, it has a lot of numbers, but there's much more in this book than that. During their long, drawn-out journey, the Israelites' faith in God is tested. In return, these wayward people test God's patience towards them, but God remains faithful and true in looking out for His chosen people. When you think about it, it's no different today. People disobey and test God's patience, while they also endure hardships and challenges that they wouldn't have desired. But in all, God remains faithful through and through. If you missed any part of this series in the book of Numbers, you can hear these messages by going to CalvaryInglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in the Inglewood area, we'd like to meet you. Our service times are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website is CalvaryInglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Numbers, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. You might be surprised by how things in this book might apply to the very things you're working through in your own life. So be sure to join us again to hear and be challenged by a transforming word.